one of the things that we'll be doing on this show is talking about different lifestyle components uh, behind the bets that you make and behind how you live with the bets that you make. Are we going to talk about music? Yes, because it matters. Uh, we're going to talk about beer. We already have because it matters. Welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and I'll look to keep this intro brief without giving short shrift to the star of today's show, David Malinsky. As a heads up, if you typically listen to podcasts on 2x speed, this one's worthy of slowing it down to 1x and probably re-listening multiple times, because for the first time in four years to the day of this episode's release, since Dave passed away on April 14th, 2018, I've been able to bring myself to rip off the band-aid and dig into the vault to compile a best of David Malinsky moments from House of Yards, the original betting and beer podcast that he and I co-hosted during the 2017 NFL season. So what you're about to hear is the highlights bookending what Dave would call the career arc of House of Yards. In other words, some of his most noteworthy moments from our first and last episodes together. And obviously, the conversation's more than four years old. But more than anything, I think that only serves to solidify the timelessness of Dave's wit, wisdom, and awe-inspiring well-roundedness. So hopefully this can be a bright spot for everybody on a day that a lot of us commemorate Dave's untimely passing and his legendary character. Got a couple housekeeping notes before we cut to the conversation. And first up, one of Dave's biggest gifts to bettors was his stewardship of the Point Blank community. For those who read his daily Point Blank column, you might remember that as a safe place to connect directly with him and other like-minded bettors. And while that Point Blank community will never be matched, if connecting today with a community of bettors would interest you, I'd encourage you to check out the Dimers Discord channel. Now at more than 2,300 members and counting, you can find a link to that in the show notes. And as a second housekeeping item, if you pick up on an actionable angle from Dave in this episode, and odds are, if you listen closely enough, you probably will, and if you happen to live in an area where wagering is legal and you'd like to kill two birds with one stone, go ahead and sign up for a sports book via any of the links at the bottom of the Props and Hops landing page on Dimers.com. That way you can get down on some edges as the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball season, and NFL draft market heat up, and support this show along the way, you can find a link to that Props and Hops landing page in these show notes as well. Alright, one more note to tee this up. If and when Las Vegas creates a sports betting hall of fame, I've yet to meet anybody who would dispute Dave's candidacy as a unanimous first ballot selection, but more than betting, his beloved bristlecone pine trees lining Mount Charleston are what kept Dave in Vegas all those years, in fact, he referred to the Bristlecone Pines as his old friends in high places. So here's to our old friend in the highest of places, and someone I was fortunate to know as a friend and father figure, partner and mentor, and point blank, the best man I've ever met. Enjoy this week's timeless words of wisdom from the one and only David Malinsky. House of Yards is going on, Matt. Uh Wonderful concept we've got here. We're going to play on words a couple of different ways. Naturally, those little hash marks on the football field that impact so much money in my pocket and the pockets of many of our listeners every week. We're going to talk about the NFL, occasional forays into college football, 
But where do you find your edges in the NFL? How can you have a better 2017 season? We're going to walk you through that week by week. But also it's House of Yards for a second reason. Uh, we have an additional area of expertise here. Uh, our good pal Matt, one of the foremost beer experts that I've gotten to know in recent years. And uh, if you are imbibers at all, you know that the West Coast of the United States, and when I say West Coast, uh, that's the front range of the Rocky Mountains to the Pacific Ocean. Uh, that area right now over the last couple of decades producing some of the best beer in the world, some of the most creative products. So this is what we're gonna do all fall. Yes, we're gonna talk Chargers. We are gonna talk USC Trojans. And if you're offended by that, I can't help it. Matt's the one actually doing the recording. So since USC is going to be really good this year, Hopefully. I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to not be able to stop him from talking about his alma mater a little bit. Uh, no, it's it's actually a take that I thought, oh, this will be good if Matt's going to talk about Pilsners. Everybody could tune out for a couple of minutes and not have to miss anything. I could see where a Pilsner has uh, its place. They just don't have a place in my fridge. So if we talk about, um, I was going to say San Diego. So you're going to uh -huh. probably catch me up. My over-under for the season is probably, let's see if we're going to do 20 shows, uh, probably see San Diego seven and a half times. Well, here's one of the little bizarre aspects of all this. What are the odds of Philip Rivers ever playing a game in the new Charger Stadium? Will he still be around? The Southern Cal Trojans. Ranked in the top five, a lot of people believe they are a national championship contender. I've got a couple of questions on this, Matt, because might the cart be a bit ahead of the horse? Yeah, we know. See Sam what you're Ford. doing there. Good one. Yep. Uh, there are going to be a lot of things we're going to do every week that maybe not everyone will get. So, I, in fact, I wish this is one of these times we were in front of a classroom and said, "Okay, how many of you saw a white horse?" Um, when I made that reference. But yeah, we know Sam Darnold's good. Um, we know the program had kind of underachieved for Peter, so they're getting back to where the natural talent level is. But how much of 2016 was Southern Cal emerging? And how much of it was so many teams in the Pac-12, Notre Dame in non-conference, so many of the teams that they were beating were simply down last year. So where does that balance fall? Because when I look at them on paper, uh, the fifth-year seniors, and that'll be a phrase I will use a lot in college football. That is the career arc of the oldest guys on the field. Fifth-year seniors are 37 and 17. That usually doesn't get you um, in that top five. So the two big questions. One, were they that good last year, or was it their opposition not being up to standard? Number two, is being rated so high almost a pressure that could hurt them instead of help? We, we really have a lot still to find out about the team, and I'm optimistic when it comes to their talent, when it comes to their depth, when it comes to having Sam Darnold at the helm. But a preseason number four ranking pretty much bakes in all that upside with very little, if any, of the downside. So another situation where I see this as a team with a wide range of possible outcomes, I'll be hoping for the best, but there are some pretty big question marks to pay attention to from the get-go. That's your Tommy Trojan moment uh, that, unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with every single... No, actually, you know what? If Stanford rolls them, uh, maybe we can cut those segments <laughs> out, not have to play them out all year. One of the things, though, that does help in settings like this, and I'll write about this. You read it in Point Blank, um, a daily column that you'll find at SBR Picks. 
uh, com. Hopefully a lot of you have been reading it all along through the years. One of the things that actually can help a Western Michigan here, they only have the traveling squad with them. That can make a difference. Whereas, you know, Helton's got a chance to literally play every kid uh, that's on the Southern Cal roster. That's the goal. Uh, we have Western Michigan. Western Michigan will probably use about 20 fewer players because they only have so many with them. So, yeah, I've got a little bit of Western Michigan in pocket. I only bet to win. Not betting just for entertainment. Oh, I'm going to go to the game this week. I want to have something on it. No. We got out of that a long, long, long time ago because when you're laying 11 to 10 and what's a pretty darn sharp marketplace these days, uh, the recreational stuff can have a big impact on your bankroll. So when we talk about going into pocket, that means that there is an edge. Uh, that's been fun. Uh, as we get into future shows, you know, we'll talk about Thursday night matchups. We'll talk about the Sunday night and Monday night. So we will break down um, all of the big NFL national television games, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to come out of pocket on them. Why are we going to break them down? Because we know you guys are going to bet anybody. So I may say, you know what, I think the line's in the right place on a Monday night. You're still going to bet. And in truth, there's nothing wrong with that. So one of the things that we'll be doing on this show is talking about different lifestyle components. Uh, behind the bets that you make and behind how you live with the bets that you make. Are we going to talk about music? Yes, because it matters. Uh, we're going to talk about beer. We already have because it matters. Uh, one of the things I've said at media appearances going back for decades now is when it comes to winning in sports betting, there is as much Shakespeare as there is Euclid or Ptolemy. And that's that if you understand human behavior, you're going to do just as well sometimes as the people who only understand the numbers. But here's the difference when we talk about um, Shakespeare and psychological handicapping versus statistical base breakdowns. If you understand the psychological components of sport, it also means you will understand your own components better. Because you've got to do several things to win. One is you have to know the players better. You've got to know the coaches better. But if you really want to win, you need to know yourself better because you are handicapping yourself over time. And I've managed to survive this for an awfully long time. We will share some of that um, as each of these various shows go by. One of the things I am insanely jealous about is I think about what did I know at my age compared to what you know at your age. And so many of those wonderful breweries on the West Coast didn't even exist uh, when I was your age. I was a Penn State student drinking Rolling Rock at happy hours every Friday. <laughs> Wasn't terribly proud about that. Uh, but again, those options weren't there. Uh, at that time, there was no such thing as a craft beer. It's also a great time to be a football better. Uh, so let's actually do some betting now. Uh, Matt, you can take a sip of that rather dull-looking Pilsner that you've got there. Crisp, Gotta refreshing, get that, that clean. Yeah, I, I, again, I understand that place and time. But part of it from a lifestyle consideration, uh, I'm not sitting on a beach too often. So when I'm at the table, I want something that will enhance what I've got. And if I need something crisp and refreshing, uh, nothing wrong with a good old-fashioned lemonade. Uh, while you're taking your sip, uh, let's bet something. Uh, we promised at the end of today's show we would have best bets on season win totals. I'm going to start with one. And again, when we talk about the esoterics of handicapping, things that people don't expect to see, I'm going to play the New Orleans Saints over eight wins this year. 
because we're going to see the Saints play some defense. I think one of the most underrated units in the NFL at the start of the season is the New Orleans defense. I believe they'll be significantly better. Uh, decent schedule layout in that one of their road games will be in London. So that's going to play out okay for them. Uh, nine and seven looks more than reasonable for the Saints. I wouldn't be surprised at a 10 and six and for them to be really dangerous uh, come January. So my season over under winner, New Orleans over eight. Yeah, we know we've got a lot of listeners who come into Las Vegas on football weekends in the fall. Keep that in mind that if, if there's any given week you're looking to play against Oakland, you will likely find your best price right here. Uh, as Matt alluded to, the oddsmakers have already seen the action show up. Uh, the city's kind of jumped the shark a little bit already. Even though the Raiders won't be here until 2020, their first preseason game back in early August, there was a view party at the Thomas and Mack Center uh, where UNLV plays their home basketball games, and they actually drew a pretty good crowd, which I found a little bit disillusioning uh, about the city that I call home. But that does <laughs> impact the market. The Raiders will be a better team than they were in 2016, yet will win fewer games. I, I believe they're young. I believe they will improve. But so many things just simply fell right you know, for them last year. In addition to knowing the Chargers, the Trojans, and beer, Matt uh, managed to do one of the worst things that can happen to a person early in his betting endeavor, but now he's gotten away with it because he's specializing. Matt understands teasers. So we will often have a teaser um, from Matt coming up in the future. Unfortunately, I see um, when I look at our note sheet, there's also one other mu musical interlude I see, which I didn't hear. Uh, Matt, tell me this is not real. You're actually playing tribute to Troy um, in the background. The magic of post-production. You didn't hear it now, but people will hear it on the back end. Okay, is there a way we can alert the audience to it so that they can like, hit mute for like 30 seconds or something every week when that comes up? So we do understand for a lot of you, this is a big betting event. Uh, best thing we can say, be careful you know, with it. Don't make up for a bad season. By betting too much, don't give away a good season by betting too much. Get outside, hang out by the pool, enjoy yourself, relax, because guess what you can do by the pool? You can bet props. You want to make sure you're somewhere where there's, you know, there's an umbrella or an awning or something where you can at least read your screen properly, but you can bet by the pool. So set it up so that win or lose, and keep this in mind when you put all your tickets in, win or lose, you're going to be able to to enjoy yourself. As part of a confidence and psyche thing, of all the various things that happened in the playoffs, there were a few things that struck me more than the final Philadelphia drive before halftime against the Vikings. You've got control of the game. You've got a big lead. You get the ball to start the second half. You're deep in your own territory, and there's less than a minute to go. Nine out of 10 NFL coaches, including me, if I'm coaching the Eagles, Nick Foles goes out, kneels down one time, and you're happy to get to half, and then start the second half with the ball. What do the Eagles do? They come out aggressively, three straight completions, get into field goal range, help to break the Vikings back, not just the three points that got on the board. That broke the spirit of the Viking defense at that point. 
something we've written about a lot in Point Blank since this Super Bowl matchup got set. And it's put a good perspective in understanding the Patriots in general. I don't think anyone in the Detroit Lions organization has read it in their hiring of Matt Patricia as defensive coordinator. But to recap for people who haven't read along, over the last 10 years, using the Football Outsiders defensive ratings, the Patriots have never been better than number 12. Their average defensive ranking over those 10 years was number 19. This year comes in at number 31. So Matt Patricia, as a defensive coordinator, has six seasons Never better than a number 12, and he gets a head coaching job. Why does New England have a reputation uh, for having good defense in the Belichick years? Because they do things in other aspects of the game that help the defense. And one of the things you'll find in a reference, uh, the Wednesday edition of Point Blank, which you can find at sbrpicks.com, we talked about the notion of how do you help the defense on offense? Well, you don't turn the ball over, so the defense doesn't have their back against the wall. How do you help a defense with special teams? Establish field position. Well, guess what? For the second year in a row and the fourth time in the last six years, Patriots are number one in the NFL in opponents starting field position. The only team in the NFL back-to-back years, the opponents started inside of their own 25-yard line. Now, you don't see this in the box score. That's why you got to do this extra digging on these things. The average NFL starting field position this year was the 28.2-yard line. Jacksonville in that game had 12 drives. It started at the 20.8. That means that collectively Jacksonville had 89 yards tacked on, more than in an average game, that their offense had to overcome. The Patriots are brilliant at this. Now, here's the problem. When they don't have that advantage, who was dead last in the NFL this year at yards per possession allowed? The New England Patriots. So Doug Pedersen, as he looks in his playbook, says, okay, my receivers can get open against their secondary. My runners can find rushing lanes. How much am I going to be willing to trust my quarterback? If he trusted him a lot against Minnesota... He's liable to trust him a lot here. This leads to one of the fascinating points about the Patriots that would be unexpected. Now, now we've talked about this before, I think even leading into the AFC Championship game. One of the great moments in sports history, not just NFL history, will be when Tom Brady goes into the Hall of Fame with five rings, six rings or whatever. And it's going to be fascinating because you're going to say, you know what? Look at how many of his teammates are also in the Hall of Fame. There's almost none. I mean, if Gronkowski stays healthy, he makes the Hall of Fame from this team. Who else? Let's go back to the Seattle Super Bowl. And this almost feels like it was last week. How many people remember Seattle near the goal line, final minute? It wasn't that long ago, about three years to the day. There were 17 Patriots on the field for at least 50 snaps in that game. 17 of them. If you want to win a bar bet this week. If you want to get somebody to buy your Super Bowl beer for you, give them an over-under on how many you will see on Sunday. And I haven't had anyone even come close. Now, obviously, when you ask the question that way, people are going to guess lower than they thought because they're going to feel like they're being set up. Well, out of those 17 guys, there are going to be four out there this Sunday. So when I say, well, New England's got all this Super Bowl experience. No, Tom Brady has it. Bill Belichick has it. I don't. Know uh, why this team has not been able to go out and score early in Super Bowls. 
I may sneak in a first quarter over if too many people follow that because one, at some point it's going to happen, and two, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Doug Peterson was extra aggressive early because if I'm coaching, I want to establish confidence for Nick Foles as early as I can. I know the Patriots has some vulnerabilities. Give me a little flea flicker action or something right off the get-go to try and make a play. So, yeah, I know the pattern. 15 to nothing over those New England Super Bowls in the first quarter. I would rather bet on that converging or that pendulum swinging back than on it continuing one more time. It's what we do. We write about this in Plain Plank every so often, too, is that we tend to like heroes because if heroes exist, that means maybe someday we can be one. And we tend to make the victors heroic in the aftermath. Now, sometimes the hero isn't someone who necessarily did anything spectacular. He just outlasted the other guy. The other guy made the mistakes. And that's sort of been this New England uh, Super Bowl legacy. Every one of the New England Super Bowls has literally come down to the final possession. So part of this mindset, and you will get this from the media in the buildup, is these guys are the heroes. They've been there. They've done it. Now they're just a little bit better than the others, a little bit smarter. That's all. There, there hasn't been any particular magic from New England Super Bowls in the past. So if you're betting based on New England magic, now you shouldn't be looking for it. Yeah, they can outsmart the Eagles. They can out-execute the Eagles. Um, they can win this game. But don't make them out to be better than they've actually been. It's a very dangerous flaw to get into uh, if you're a sports better. One of the things we talk about a lot here, when people say home field advantage in sports, a big part of that is the road team disadvantage. And when you get to the Super Bowl, there's not a road team disadvantage because the road team's there all week. They're not flying in on Friday or Saturday while you're practicing, they're flying, or while you're home prepared, they're flying. No, the teams start on an even keel at the beginning of the week. This is a bet a friend made, not me. Sharp better. He had a good opinion to that game. Vikings were playing the Giants. He didn't think the Vikings had much chance to make anything happen against the Giant defense. So he was looking to put as many things as possible. And again, what did he do? He had his game handicap first. I don't think the Vikings are going to produce much. Let me find how many ways I can take advantage. So what does he do? He bets Gary Anderson under six and a half. Smart bet. Vikings got shut out in the game. Could not have made a better bet. If a team gets shut out and you bet their kicker under six and a half, you can't have made a There was no prospect. There was no bounce of the ball anywhere in the game where you could have lost the bet. So he goes in the day after and he goes to cash the ticket, hands it to the ticket writer. They run it through the computer and they give him his money back. And he says, well, um, wait a minute. You just gave me a refund. I, I won the bet. They didn't score. And the ticket writer looks down, and he says, yeah, you're right. They didn't score. Why did you win this? They call a supervisor over. The supervisor can't figure it out. They literally don't know what to do. So they called Roxy's office. And for people who don't know that, Michael Roxborough, legendary Las Vegas odds maker. And this was right before he decided to leave town and go live out a Graham Greene novel. Uh, over in Phuket, Thailand, for about the last 15 years. Roxy's doing great, by the way, a super person. 
And he says, no, here's the problem. On these props, player must play to have action. Now, that makes sense on any player prop because that's the sportsbook's protection against itself. If a guy gets hurt or gets sick, the protection is somebody can't get to the window real fast and exploit. Well, Gary Anderson didn't play. Now, there was a problem. He was the field goal kicker for the Vikings. He was the extra point kicker for the Vikings. He wasn't the kickoff guy. Mitch Berger was. And because they didn't score, Gary Anderson never actually played in the game. Mitch Berger kicked off one time. Anderson didn't play. He got a refund for making a great bet. And so I say, be careful about the fine prints. Make sure you know what it is you're betting on. Okay, guys, since it's the Super Bowl, if you bet 100, you're allowed up to 150. But that means if you've got five different props attached to the same thing, there's your five $30 bets for that. Don't overextend to where one particular prop or, or one sequence that goes bad kills everything. And here's a part two. And this is going to get a little different off of the professional handicapping realm. This is for the recreational bettors. When in doubt, bet props that are kind of fun or enjoyable to root for. Because one of the props I have um, in this one is one of the worst things in the world to actually root for. I'm going to bet that there will not be a special teams or defensive touchdown. Uh, the known, it's going to be about minus 200, which I think is fair because one is it doesn't happen in New England games. Uh, since 2010, uh, the Patriots have only given up 13 special teams or defensive touchdowns, counting all the regular season games, all their playoff games. It just doesn't happen for the Patriots. But the Patriots also don't create much. Uh, it's been 40 games since their defense has scored a touchdown. In that span, they've had two kickoff return touchdowns. I don't know if they get a kickoff return touchdown here because I think most of the kickoffs are going to be touchbacks in a dome. So why do you not want to root for that? One is because you have to sweat that prop every play of the entire game. Hopefully the last player or two are kneel downs because unless Joe Pizarczyk is a quarterback, there's not going to be a defensive touchdown out of a kneel down. But here's your problem. You have to sweat every play of the game. You can't win this early. And if you lose it, you can't get it back. It's not like you got a dog plus seven and you're down 14. Well, guess what? You can come back and get it under the seven again. No, you can use, you can lose the bet at any time and you have to sweat it the entire game. So if you're thinking about these props, think about what will I enjoy? If I'm going to have to root for something, it's going to cause me a little bit of an agita, then throw it out. And this is the one day where there's nothing actually wrong with having a little bit of fun attached to what you're doing. So if you're a pro and you want to make money, lay the 200. No special teams or defensive touchdowns. If you're a recreational better, that's a sweat. Now talk about a USC guy. I think Nelson Aguilar has got a chance to have a big game here. And we wrote about Aguilar back in the spring uh, when we did the Philadelphia preview. And, and those articles are all archived. And some of this happened by accident, but it was such a dynamic for the Eagle offense. He had been considered a little bit of a bust. High draft pick out of USC, super talented guy, just hadn't quite been what they thought he was going. They said, you know what, let's try something at OTAs. Let's put him in the slot. Let's see what happens. So he was comfortable there. 
Carson Wentz was comfortable with him there. Well, you know what happens when you put him in the slot? We talked about Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and guys like this earlier in the show. You don't have guys like Algalore in the slot. This guy's a sprinter. He's a terrific athlete. He's not someone that you can cover with a safety or with a nickel corner. He's going to out-athlete most of the people he's up against. Well, now that he's had a month and a half of working with Nick Foles, now that he's on a fast surface in a dome, I think you might get some big things out of him. So what I've done with him is I've only played the yardage prop over. I've seen it as low as 38 and a half. You might have to do a 41. Part of what works is he's capable of going out and catching four or five passes, but he's also capable of breaking the 30-yard play and possibly even winning the prop on one play. What happens on Super Bowl Sunday? I don't know, because I'm going to be out having brunch somewhere and relaxing, and the fact that it's going to be in the upper 70s, Matt, that brunch is going to be outside somewhere. And once again, we apologize to Detroit Lions people. You hired Matt Patricia. Uh, Good luck with that. We might have another one of these McAdoo situations, you know, coming up. You could set the money up, bet Brady and bet Nick Foles both, and sort of like in horse racing, we talk about boxing out the rest of the field. If you were really certain that one of those two options would win, there is a sequential way you could bet them or you would be guaranteed a profit if either hits. I like that 5% because this is a three or four beer game. For a Session L Firestone Walker Easy Jack, which remarkably is going to come in with an ABV around a Budweiser, around a Miller. And if you line them up and compare them, there is no comparison at all in taste. I think what they've done with Easy Jack is they've got about as much flavor as you can get to that ABV level. That's that's almost maximizing what you can do. So an Easy Jack, if you're going to have three or four, yeah, it's, it's something that you could probably find pretty easily also. So that may be my fallback. I don't know. I will literally get up on Sunday morning. Uh, and take a little tour of a Lee's Discount Liquors because this is my slow day. Actually, more inclined to do it on Friday so that I can have them chilled to the proper temperature. I'm going to enjoy myself. So if I didn't help you guys out with props and stuff as much as I should, we talk about lifestyle components inside of betting. And you have to take care of those things as well. If you're going to stay fresh in the long run, why do I not go to a Super Bowl party? Because one of the advantages of staying at home is if the game is a clunker and several of them have been that, the game moves to a backup television and Casablanca or something old from the DVR takes over the main screen and I can just relax. Now, if you're going to go out and get some good food for the game, you're going to drink well, we can't help you pay for it beforehand, but we can give you the expectation that you're going to win. My best bet, I'm going to split a ticket here between two different props on the same player. Danny Amendola, receptions over and reception yards over. Now, here's the ballpark you should be looking at. Uh, The Westgate opened four on receptions, 49 on yards. You're not going to find that. You're going to see four and a half, which I think is okay. You're going to see in the 50, 51, 52, and probably 52 would be the cutoff. Here's what I think happens. I don't think the Patriots get the yardage out of the running backs that they are accustomed to because Philadelphia is going to play it straight. They're going to have linebackers, safeties ready in coverage. But that means the Amendola-Brady chemistry has a chance to work its magic against the secondary 
Look at what happened against Jacksonville. And this Amendola prop is way off of the production level against Jacksonville. When Brady faces teams that rush for and don't blitz, the wide receivers are bigger factors in the game. I think Amendola has got a chance to be a big factor. I'm not sure which of the two options is the best. So split ticket, Amendola receptions over, Amendola yards over. We got some great bars here. Is I have an absolutely wonderful mission chair, one of those great leather and wood chairs. They won't let me bring it in. Well, you know what? If I'm going to sit for four hours and watch the game, I want. I don't want to be sitting on a bar stool. Now that can also be an age thing. You know, let, let's see if you want to go and sit at that bar in tw- uh, 25 years from now. Um, now, if I could take my chair with me, if I could take my chair to the Westgate, I would go over and sit there. But no, it will be spent quietly here. It'll be rooting for Danny Amendola. Man, you know what? This has been a lot of fun, what we've done. And maybe we've had people have to indulge us if we run a little bit long. Sometimes we have a lot of fun working back and forth. Uh, we will be back in 2018. We've got several interesting possibilities on the table. House of Yards will return. Possibly some extremely different formats. Something I think far better than what we've been able to do this year. We've had fun with this. It's been a lot of fun doing this work. I've learned so much about beer. And here's what you're actually getting. I'm going to be so tempted. I'm going to be in Lee's on Friday or Saturday, and I'm going to see that 12-pack of Easy Jack, and I'm going to look off to the side and think, um, you know what? It's time to elevate my game, because they do carry a fair number of Saisons there. I'm thinking, maybe it's time. So, Over the course of this fall, you have made me a better drinker. And last but not least, Dave, when you approached me in the summer about doing a show together, I've got to admit I was equal parts thrilled and terrified. I was thrilled because it was the chance to work with someone I've looked up to for years, but I was also terrified because it was too good of an opportunity to mess up. So I sure hope we haven't messed anything up. I think it's been an absolute joy this season. Really looking forward to what's in store next. Well, our last sign-off is we've got the usual message from the handbooks. We're going to see if we can get them to record or write a House of Yards show for next year. Get them to do something specially for the show. I I certainly hope that some of you have become handboats fans um, over the course of the fall. But for the last time, uh, for the 2017 season ending in 2018, Matt, cue the music. Okay.